if it's meant to be, it will with property, right? If you force it, you'll probably end up making a mistake. Thank you for joining us. I am Adam Masters, the host of the Simplifying Investing series. It's great to have you with us today. Now, if you've listened to the podcast before, thank you for returning. And if you're joining us for the first time, I hope you enjoy this conversation. In today's episode, we're going to take another look at the property market and specifically where things stand in 2022. Now, according to CoreLogic data, last year we saw a rise in Australian home prices to the tune of more than 20%. This was the fastest annual increase since 1989. Now, our friend AMP Capital Chief Economist, Dr. Shane Oliver, wrote last December that this surge was driven by a combination of record low mortgage rates, multiple government home buyer incentives, pent-up demand from COVID lockdowns, and an element of FOMO, or fear of missing out, among other things. Now, price rises are expected to slow to 5% growth this year and are expected to fall 5 to 10% in 2023. Now, to help me understand where things are, I'm joined by one of my favorite guests. She's from Jade Financial Group, Di Sharman. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Adam. It's great to be back. Now, before we dig in, listeners, here is a quick reminder. This podcast is general in nature and hasn't taken your circumstances into account. It's important you consider your personal circumstances and speak to a financial advisor before deciding what's right for you. Any general tax information provided is intended as a guide only. All right, Di, great to have you back. Mm -hmm. Let's jump into things. One of the major reasons that forecasters are predicting a cooling in the market is, of course, worsening affordability. And I'm sure many Australians out there still dream of owning their first home or being able to afford an investment property. Di, as a financial advisor, what what are you hearing from your clients? Are the people that you deal with in the same boat as others where affordability is is the main constraint? I look at it, absolutely. And sometimes it's a little bit depressing mm. uh, because, you know, we've got our younger generations that, you know, they really want to get into their own homes and it's a little bit more challenging in the current market for them with affordability, as you said. And then we've got the other end of the spectrum where we've got investors who are ready to let go of their investment properties and are quite pleased um, with how that's panning out for them as well. But I, I, I do reflect the other day, and I was with a client that was, you know, telling about, you know, their situation. And I said that, you know, our kids are a little bit depressed because of this um, current pricing to, you know, point to get into the market. So it is something I, I get the feeling that there is a little bit of, oh, really? You know, I only just got to this point now I've got to save more or I think that it's just beyond me. And I, I totally understand that and that must be, you know, for, for some of our, you know, Southerners in, you know, Melbourne and Sydney that that must feel that way. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I should, for, for anyone who isn't familiar, you are based up in Ipswich. That's why you say uh, our Southerners there. Yes. But, yeah, no, of course. And and it sounds, it sounds like it's a, a common frustration no matter where you are across Australia. But I definitely hear it from my friends here. I live in mm. Sydney, of course, and a lot of my friends here in Sydney are just absolutely up in arms about the current property market here. But that's, you know, that's all part yeah. of the broader story. Um, Di, for those of us who may be considering dipping their toe in the property market this year or, or beyond, what is your advice when it comes to, I guess, securing that first home loan? You know, again, yes, we can feel a little bit like, oh, gee, this market's gone away. But one of the things that to go into the property market, whether as an investor or as a first home buyer or, you know, upgrading, uh, which whatever part of the journey you're on, you still got to be planning and be prepared. So it, 
at the moment is like, oh, okay, that planning might have just taken a little bit longer to do or you just wait um, and what are you going to do in the meantime? So it really is getting your ducks lined up, doing as much research as you can, um, maybe realigning some expectations. Um, as I said, if switch, <laughs> you know, different price market here, um, as opposed to some of the other suburbs that are around that are higher um, entry points. So I think that's a really important thing to do too, is that just because you're buying your first home doesn't mean it's the, the home that you're going to live in for the rest of your life. You've got to start somewhere. And I think that would be really good research um, for people to sort of start thinking about as well. And just thinking about, you know, well, how do I go about, what is the language I need to learn to? So you might hear this thing called an LMI, you know, that's, you know, lending mortgage um, insurance. What does that mean? And I just don't think that there's not enough learning you can do before you start taking that step because then you'll be more confident um, because you'll know what some of this lingo means, like stamp duty, you know, when do I have to pay that, you know, building and pest inspections, all of these things that you need to become, become familiar with. There's probably some money to be made in a little pocket guide of acronyms and whatnot for first-home buyers. Maybe that might be a little side project for you and I to discuss uh, separately, Di. But anyway, we'll come back to that in another conversation. Um, Di, are there there any common mistakes that people make when they, I guess, first approach this somewhat daunting idea of entering the property market? I think our biggest mistake is um, getting a bit ahead of ourselves Like because there's a lot of – you said it earlier, Adam, FOMO. I don't want to miss out on this or maybe that, you know, this will get beyond me. I should have jumped in now. And there's all of this sort of um, head speak, you know, about, oh, got to go for it now. And you you just might have needed to cool your heels a bit Mm. and taken a step back. Buying a property is an emotional driven sort of decision for us, especially when it's going to be our home. Mm. And so that's when you need to be even more mindful of, okay, Maybe I need to let this one go. And, you know, one of my previous team members, I just love that, you know, her advice was if it's meant to be, it will with property, mm. right? If you force it, you'll probably end up making mistakes. That's what I find. It just, you just sometimes you just go down a rabbit warren and then all of a sudden you find yourself signing off on something and then you have the biggest buyer's remorse. And look, that's totally fine, I guess, when you're ordering Uber Eats, right? And you maybe order the extra spring rolls that you didn't need. But when you're talking about a property, it's a whole other ball game, isn't it? So you don't want to make that same mistake there. I, t- I totally agree. It's, it is a big decision and I don't want to sound like it's over the top, but it's one that you need to really step back from and think through before you jump in. And, and of course, everyone's situation is different. So there's no one size fits all answer to this next question. But I was going to ask you, is how much debt should someone have or perhaps not have when they're looking to join the property market? Is there a simple answer here? You know, I, I, I would love there to be. Uh, what, what it's going to come down to is your focus on this goal particularly. Uh, so affordability comes down to your budget and your cash flow. It Really, if you want to take on more debt, then you've got to be willing to put more towards your loan repayments. You know, the banks can be fairly generous in what they'll lend you. Uh, they, you know, they'll say, well, you can borrow up to this amount, but what you've really got to do is step back from that and say, well, what can, is it that I can afford? Mm. And what, what, you know, cause it, you'll go up, this, this FOMO thing's amazing because you'll think, oh yeah, I can't go out on Friday night with all my friends because we've got to pay the mortgage. Mm. Um, and at some point in time, this is a long-term gig. This is not going to be over in a couple of years, Adam, you're going to be paying off this mortgage for probably 20. Yeah. Uh, but so make sure you have a think about what is it that you're comfortable with and the balance with your lifestyle. Doing the hard yards, what I call the spade work in the beginning, 
yeah, good idea. Mm. You know, do as much as you can and it gives you a bit of freedom later. But sometimes it's difficult to see that, right? Yeah, yeah. And you and you never want to get overconfident, do you? Because you may be offered a certain amount and you might think, oh, absolutely, I could do that. But you never quite know necessarily what's around the corner, what sort of expenses you might have. So it's always good to yeah. maybe just play it a little bit safe and, and, and I guess keep the keep the expectations of what you might be able to do in check and, and ground it. Otherwise yeah. that's going to come back to bite you, isn't it? Down the line. Yeah, well, I, I think of about sort of treading through, like you're going through water, right? If it's around your ankles, it's easy. But once that water level starts coming up, then it starts getting a bit harder and you certainly don't want to be putting yourself in that. You might be bobbing under every now and again going, oh God, you know, financially I've just overcommitted myself. Uh, so I just think, you know, be true to yourself and what your, what your lifestyle is and be ready to compromise. And you know what? It's okay to do that. It really is. Yeah. And, and I guess I do have some friends who um, have had, uh, I guess, and, and they're, they're very grateful in having this, but they've had support from, from their, their parents, I guess, and trying to get a leg up in the, in the property market. And this is, I guess, uh, commonly referred to cheekily as the bank of mum and dad. Um, what's your advice to people out there who may not necessarily, for whatever reason, have um, that additional financial support? Is there anything that you say to them or any advice that you can offer them to, I guess, help them try and navigate those first few steps to try and get into the property market? Like I think you need to hunt down every possible bargain that you can get. If there's money on the table, like at the moment, you know, with some loans, they're giving you cashbacks. Um, with, you know, government support, you can get assistance. With some builders, you can get assistance. Hunt them all down. You know, there are ways that you can sort of bring together, you know, a thousand here or, you know, whatever it is that you can find. And I call it free money. You know, it comes in and you go, right, you know, let's collaborate and do that. And, you know, you might want to apply for adoption somewhere to these mum and dad banks too. <laughs> you know? But by and large, it, it's just really being savvy and being really money savvy with how you're building out and give yourself a time frame. You know, again, I know it's sort of, you know, horses bolted for me sometimes, Adam, but, you know, start young. <laughs> get, you know. Oh, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> well, get yourself into these early savings habits um, and then, you know, it'll make that transition a little bit easier. But uh, there is there is other opportunities out there and I think you're right with a, a bit of a how-to on finding some of these um, schemes the one that I love the most um, at the moment is the first home buyer scheme with your superannuation mm. that you can put salary sacrifice into your super, but you can get that money back for your deposit. Now, it's worth investigating that, but it's not going to happen overnight. And that's where the earlier you plan, the stronger position you'll be in. And there's all of these little things that you can pull together that will help you create, I guess, you know, for, for the, your own bank of, um, of what you, you can do to help. 100%. You make a great point there. I was going to ask you, how important in your view is it uh, for, for someone to have home ownership in terms of guaranteeing a comfortable retirement? I know for, for some older Australians, their path to home ownership uh, might not necessarily have been as, as complicated as it is for, say, Gen Y or beyond. Can, can Australians afford to rent while relying on, say, the age pension and any super you may have in those, in those later years? Look, it, it, it is possible. Again, Adam, I've got um, uh, scenarios and clients that are in that position. It's tough though um, because the rent keeps going up. Your super savings may not necessarily keep up with that. You may not have enough super savings because typically what happens is that the age pension is sort of your daily living costs and then your super is used to pay for your housing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a doable situation. 
Uh, however, there's a lot of compromise and trade-off there on things that you won't be able to do. Uh, and we've had some really um, great research uh, around retirement spending and things like that. But I think the thing for me is to be comfortable having your own home or some sort of certainty about roof over your head is incredibly powerful just for your well-being. Yeah. Uh, it just, you know, that, it, you know, the Maslow hierarchy needs, you know, first thing is safety and security. And a lot of that, that means having a home. Uh, so, you know, some people like to have a caravan as their option and they, you know, they live in that. They're more mobile. It just depends on you mm. and what you're comfortable with, I guess, Adam. But it is, it is not, I won't say it's easy. People do it, but it, it's not the easiest without having your house paid off and then going into retirement just on an HP. It's a tough gig. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, we have been talking about people who are looking to break in for the first time, but there is a healthy portion of the Australian population who are already in the property market and may have some more flexibility around their property options. And one of the trends that I've seen discussed over the past year or so is commonly referred to as the sea change. So, you know, with work from home more common and many people are considering cutting back and possibly considering downsizing in their, their property um, and perhaps even moving away from the city to greener pastures away from our central hubs. Is, is this something that you've seen yourself and what advice would you offer to anyone looking to move outside of the big smoker here up there in Queensland? Ipswich is a beautiful part of the world, right? It is, it is, and we're 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 regional. Um, we're you know forty five minutes from Brisbane, but it's um it's a very good entry point price when you move away from those um more urbanised areas, I guess, and that's appealing to some people. I think you know COVID has taught us around remote working and how that can work for your productivity. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities there to explore, I think. Our regional centres offer some really lovely spots. I live out in the country further out from it, switch in fact, Adam, and it's, mm. it's just lovely. Mm. Um, as long as I've got the internet connection, um, anything's <laughs> possible, right? That's it. Um, you know, so I, I think, you know, look broader than perhaps that you maybe thought. Uh, and I think you're seeing a change in the way we all work and what will be sustained, you know, post-COVID if there is such a thing. Um, what, will, what will the workplace look like? I think, you know, keep your, keep your mind wide open on this. And um, our regional centres, there's some beautiful places. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, look, I, I love getting away for a, a long weekend every now and then to some of the – some of the areas that are a little bit further away from the hustle and bustle of Sydney CBD. And I've definitely thought about that with my fiance about, oh, where would we like to go when eventually, it's a long way off, but eventually when we are able to sort of relax a little bit, we've got a few places in mind, but it would be nice. Let's hope that's yeah. attainable for, for us and for yeah. people in my age group as well. So we'll see how we go. Uh, good news is, is that this is a pathway that you can help direct um, in your age group too, Adam. So that's really good, you know, that this is something that is there for us to see how we can take this out for a longer-term view and see how we can make it work for people. And I think there's a lot of a lot of benefit for affordability, which is our issue today on housing affordability. Where's the entry point? And it's not just a number anymore, is it? It could be a place. 100%. And look, and also central to the message, I guess, that you're trying to share today is around the knowledge and I guess the value of financial advice. And I know, obviously, uh, you would very much be a, an advocate for uh, people seeking out financial advice. But I suppose when we talk about making sure that your finances are in order and that you have the right knowledge to enable yourself to make those important financial decisions, that financial advice and having a quality financial advisor who understands your needs and your aspirations in life probably will help you along with that journey as well, right? 
Uh, collaboration is the core of financial advice and what we do. Um, I think everybody just thinks it's the numbers, but there's far more to it than that. It's about strategies and life fulfilling, you know, goals and what your aspirations are. And I think working with somebody in that space is kind of like having a personal coach um, to help you through those financial hurdles that you come across and navigate them and just kicking things around, you know, as well about, well, am I thinking about a sea change? As you said, you know, maybe I just need to get some advice on that and and that's what it is it's about collaboration so please go and collaborate with your financial well-being and future with a, a professional you know you'll be rewarded for sure and you're never too old or too young to engage with financial advice that's what i've learned over the last 18 months or so so yes uh, very important message there hey di i understand anyone who is over the age of or 65 years old uh, or older, and that's at the time of recording. So we're speaking in February 2022 right now. I understand that that age group, they can make what they call a downsizer contribution to their superannuation. Could you explain what it is for our listeners? I, I imagine that this might be beneficial to those who are listening who might be considering that move into a, a smaller or a more humble abode, for example. Yes, um, a downsizer is legislation that came in a number of years ago now, which for anybody over 65, owning your home for, you know, I think it's minimum 10 years and things like that. So there's a couple of criteria you need to meet. Um, can actually add up to $300,000 each to their superannuation no matter what age you are, which, well, obviously over 65 at that point. But good news, legislation has just passed that that now is 60. Oh, my God, this is brilliant. That, that's great. And that's and that's from July 1, isn't it? So that's, that's not too yeah. far off for people to be able to take advantage of that from a slightly earlier age. Yeah, so there is some limits on when you sell your property and how soon that money needs to get into the super. So that's something to speak to an advisor about, make sure that that um, how this strategy might be able to work for you. Um, I just think it just provides so much flexibility for people to, as the, you know, if we think about this in the other lens, that the, the a property market is up. What an awesome opportunity. Um, I can cash out, top up my super, downsize my home and then, you know, extend the life of my money, which, you know, that sounds like a great opportunity and it has worked for a lot of um, people of late anyway. But this is even better now that the age has dropped down to 60, as you said, effective 1st of July. But please get planning on this. (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm boring like that, right? It's just like please plan, Um, you know. It's like that prior preparation prevents poor performance that's what this is all about so please listeners um, get your plan happening investigate check this stuff out google's your best friend you know start being discerning about where you find your information of course Uh, but please um, you know this is an enormous and this has only just gone through adam so Mm. um, i've been waiting for it for months (laughs) like last year so i'm pretty wrapped and it's now going to mean i'm very busy um, because i've been waiting for it to go through before i could help people out with um, specifics on their strategies so good news um, i guess on that one so please check it out Champagne cork has popped, I think, in the Jade Financial Group office <laughs> with that news yeah. being delivered. So, yeah, I, and I should also say, I, I, I would absolutely. I'm going to. The only thing I'm ever going to disagree with you on, I think, is is your uh, your claim that that's uh, that that's boring, boring advice. I think you're absolutely <laughs> making a really, really fair and important point. You know, and again, yeah. I think you know, you reach a certain point in life where you realize that financial advice and and adequate planning is so crucial to ensuring that you have the standard of living that you want in retirement. And it's never too early to start planning for that sort of thing. So um, maybe boring to some, but definitely not for people who, um, who see the value out of that, I guess, when they do put that time and, and effort into planning ahead. 
Absolutely. We're the transition specialists as advisors. We help you transition through all different phases of your life. Um, and I really encourage your audience um, to please engage. Uh, you know, you never know what you can achieve with someone's help. That's absolutely correct. And Di, I would love to stick around and chew the fat a bit more with you today, but I am afraid we are out of time already. But I look, I'm sure we will absolutely speak again on the podcast. I love having you on. And I just want to say thank you once again for joining me here on the Simplifying Investing series. And listeners, we've got plenty of timely topics to discuss throughout the year. So if you have enjoyed today's chat with Di, please ensure you subscribe to the show to keep up to date when our new episodes drop each fortnight. And a reminder before we go, all topics that have been discussed today are general in nature and have not taken your circumstances into account. So that's why we always recommend that you seek out tailored financial advice that's really relevant to your own financial considerations before making any important financial decisions.